Hey Harvest, we're continuing our study of James, and let me start off with this question. How do you know if you're living your life with an eternal perspective? What are the evidences of that you might see? In this passage in James 5, chapter, or verse 7 running through 12, gives us three things, indicators, not necessarily exhaustive, but three indicators that our eyes aren't just fixed on what's right in front of us. But we've got an eternal perspective on our life, meaning we're, not, we're, we're seeing things with the way that God sees them. We're valuing things the way that God values them. And that kind of goes with the theme. You know, two weeks ago, we we're talking about boasting about tomorrow, the arrogance of making our plans, not acknowledging God as the real Lord. He can do and change anything in our life. And then last week, his very serious warning to the rich, you know, it's like, are you living your life for this world and, and hoarding treasure for this life? Or are you using the things that God's given you to bless and encourage and help other people in need and laying up treasure in heaven? Because I don't see any value in the things of this world. My value is in, my, in the eternal world that I'm looking forward to. So three things that answer, how do you know you're living your life with an eternal perspective? Number one, verse seven and eight, you'll be patient in waiting for Christ. You'll be patient in waiting for Christ's return. He says, be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. You know, because it's really easy. When we experience things that are hard in our life, we want to hit the eject button. We want to say, how do you get out of this? I want to escape this. You know, or we're saying, man, this is too hard. I got to get the treasure of this life. So that's what I'm going to pursue. But when we hit hardship and we have an eternal perspective, we'll be patient for his return. He's, and he uses an example. He says, see how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. God, Jesus had promised that he's returning. We don't know when that's going to be. But we need to be patient, waiting for his return, knowing that he's in charge of that and that we're looking for something far better in his kingdom to come. Because, you know, I, I, my kids, uh, all my kids have done different things with plants, you know, with planting seeds and made themselves a little garden. And every single one of them, you know, after planting that seed, the very next day, they're looking at the dirt and they're really disappointed that there's not a full-grown plant with, with cucumber or whatever that they planted, uh, you know, all the way there. But, but an experienced farmer doesn't do that. An experienced farmer knows that there's a process, there's a time, there's things that need to happen that are out of his control, like the rain that's going to come and water those plants. But he's got to wait patiently, and it's ridiculous for a farmer the very next day to say, where's my crops? That's not how it works. And so I think we have an evidence of an eternal perspective is that we're patient in the circumstances of our life, not trying to hit the escape button and not trying to pursue treasure of this world because our hope isn't in this world. Our hope is in the next world, in the, in the eternal world. Second evidence that you uh, have an eternal perspective is that you'll work to establish yourself in the faith. You'll work to establish yourself in the faith. Latter part of verse 8, he says, Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. In other words, Jesus is coming back. Are you working to be ready? 
or are you just sloughing off and, and doing whatever you want? Are you working to, to, to learn and trust and know God's word and apply it more and more to your life? Look at how Jesus said exactly the same idea in Luke chap, chapter 6, verse 46. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he's like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. That is hard work. And when the flood arose and the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. It is easy to build a house that will fall down as soon as the first storm comes. It is easy to build a house that's going to collapse as soon as the, the rainwater rises up against it. But an established real house takes hard, difficult, quality work. Same idea here from James. Am I establishing myself in what's true? Am I digging in and trying to understand what God has for me so that I can obey it and be more and more what he wants me to be? And then finally, how do you know you have an eternal perspective? Uh, you will live with integrity. You will live with integrity. Look at verse 12. He says, but above all, my brothers, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no so that you may not fall under condemnation. Jesus, again, said a very similar thing in Matthew 5, verse 33. He says, again, you have heard that it was said uh, to those of old, you shall not swear falsely but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. In other words, do what you said you're going to do. Don't lie. Verse 34, But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is the footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one, white, one hair white or black, let what you sim say simply be yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. Now, it's easy to look at that and just kind of assume that, well, that, does that mean that we're not allowed to um, swear or make oaths? Um, and I think that's an interesting question that you could explore. But we can find other parts of Scripture where God expects people to, to swear an oath to Him, to swear allegiance to Him, other things like that. But I think really what he's getting at here is that, is that there's often times where we live our lives with kind of this idea that, okay, if, if, if someone puts this Bible in front of me and I have to put my hand on it and raise my right hand and swear to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, then I feel compelled to tell the truth. But if I don't swear by the Bible, then for some reason now I'm free to, to kind of massage the truth or wiggle around what's right and wrong as if God doesn't see my dishonesty, right? As if, if I, you know, like I got to swear that, okay, look, I'm telling you the truth. I'm the, on the, 
the grave of my father, on the life of my mother, on the life of my children, I, I swear to you the truth. And you just think, guys, that's ridiculous. Don't do that. Just let your yes be yes and your no be no. Be honest in all circumstances. Tell the truth in all circumstances. So I'm, I'm summarizing this as I'm, if I have an eternal perspective, then I'm going to live with integrity whether I feel like I'm, there's going to be consequences for doing the wrong thing or, or I could get away with it because I know that God is watching my life. And so I want to live with integrity. So how do we know we're really living with an eternal perspective? Those three things. And he gives us three quick examples. I'll run through verse 10. He uses the prophets. He says, as an example of suffering and patience, brothers take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Go back and study those prophets. How often would you say that their ministry was successful? Uh, a lot of those guys were, lives were threatened. They were killed. Uh, some of them had no success in, in, in their message that they were delivering. But that's okay because they had an eternal perspective. They weren't worried about their lives or their livelihood. Now, of course, these guys weren't all perfect, but they had an eternal perspective, trusting that God is sovereign. It doesn't matter what these people do to me or how they're going to respond to me. I trust him. That's eternal perspective. And then he uses the example of Job in verse 11. Behold, we consider those blessed who remained steadfast. In other words, even if it got hard, you were consistent in following God. You've heard of the steadfastness of Job. Listen to what Job says in Job 1, verse 21 22. He said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. Too often, our expectations of God are that He only gives us good things. And as soon as things get hard, we know that He's allowed something in our life for some reason. We don't, we don't completely understand why necessarily but we get impatient and we can't continue in what we're doing because our only expectation from God is that he gives us good things, at least from our perspective. Follow the example of Job. If he is Lord, if he is king, then I need to bless him in the good times. I need to bless him in the hard and difficult times. And you've heard about Job, he says, but you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. Brothers and sisters, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you've put your faith in Him, then you have seen His compassion and mercy. We know that no matter what the circumstances are, what we're experiencing, we have seen and experienced His compassion and mercy. He is a good God. I will follow Him. I will take my eyes up off of what's on me and have an eternal perspective, see things the way God sees them in faith and trust. So those are three things that I think are indicators that we have an eternal perspective in how we're living and walking in our life. I look forward to hearing you guys' perspective and how you look at this and uh, how God might be working to, to uh, apply it in your life this week.